Hey, today on Hitting Hard with John Chuck, we're going to talk some Hawks as we get ready for playoff basketball tomorrow. How good of a coach or how good of a job has Nate McMillan done with the Atlanta Hawks and what could potentially be his future? Is he on the hot seat if they don't perform well in the playoffs? Plus, we're going to give some early Braves thoughts about uh, where we're at after five games and the debacle that happened last night. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into episode number eight. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. We are asking you, of course, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Go there, hit the subscribe button. Doesn't cost you anything. You can do anything like that you want. Just hit subscribe, be a part of the community. Leave us some comments as well on the show. Tell us what you think about what we're doing out here so far. So we appreciate everybody being a part of it. As I said, we're going to get into some Hawks basketball talk. But first, want to tell you about my friends over at Prize Picks. That is your daily fantasy made easy over there. Listen, we know so many of you love to play fantasy sports, right? Not just the every week to week, week thing that the NFL is, but you want to get your fix in on a daily basis, right? So NBA right now, we're about to start the playing in games. You got NBA playoffs, not to mention Major League Baseball that's going on every single day with tons of games that are going on. But listen, your best fantasy option on a daily basis is prize picks. And here's what we got going on. It's real simple to use. You go first off to the Apple Store, you go to the uh, um, uh, Google, or I'm sorry, your Google Play Store or your App Store, and you download the app. It's safe. You're going to get fast withdrawals once you win. You can make entries in 60 seconds or less, but you're literally going to pick two to five players in an over-under type of system on different projections and different props. You can win as much as 10 times on any single entry. It's just basically you versus all the projected numbers. So, for instance, They've got all kinds of statistical things that you can bet on. You want to bet on in the NBA. You want to bet on points scored. You want to bet on rebounds. You want to bet on steals. You've got all these over-unders that are available to you. And again, it's not just the NBA. They got college basketball. They got college football. We got the NFL. We got Major League Baseball, which is cranked and loaded right now. We've got soccer. So if you're into, you know, MLS right now, you got soccer options. MMA is always going on. All kinds of games and things that you can pick from on your leader for your fantasy sports at Prize Picks. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has this exclusive no-brainer offer for everybody. So here's what we got. I want you to put in NBA in the promo code and on your first entry uh, in your Prize Picks entry, if your player scores a single point. So let's say, for instance, you take, I don't know, Kevin Durant. Do you think he might be able to score a point? in an NBA game. Well, let's say you take Kevin Durant and you've got him in the points and you've got, let's say, the over on his points. If your player scores a single point, you're going to get 50 bucks. That's what I said. 50 bucks, exclusive offer to Locked On fans. You put NBA in the promo code on your first entry. You pick one of your players and they score a single point, And that was one of your uh, categories then you're going to get 50 bucks in your account for all of it. You can't be that. It's as sim simple and easy as could be. So go to Prize Picks, download it today from the App Store, download it today from Google Play, and start playing daily fantasy sports. 
All right, so Hawks get ready for playing round. I don't really consider the playing round to be the NBA playoffs, but whatever. We can discuss that at another time out there. So Hornets and Hawks coming up tomorrow. It was obviously a very – I asked one word to describe the Hawks season, and my word was maddening because it would be up, down, sideways, this, that, and the other. Some nights you'd look like the best team in the NBA playing Phoenix, Memphis, and Golden State. Some nights you'd look and say, how did we lose twice to Detroit and to the Houston Rockets on our home floor, right? Maddening season. And there are many reasons. It's COVID. It's this. It's injuries. It's defense. It's this, that, and the other. How much goes at the feet of Nate McMillan? How, how much did this season reflect what Nate McMillan is as an NBA coach? Now, a couple of things, a couple of numbers I want to throw out at you. Now, remember, last year, so when I do some of these comparisons, understand that last year was only a 72-game season. This year was the full 82, but last year was only 72. Okay, so keep that in mind. I don't want to be unfair or anything like that, or anybody says, well, you know, Chuck, they only played 72. I get that. I understand. Okay, but last year, the Hawks were 27-11 and 11 under Nate McMillan. This year, they were 43-39. and 39. Now, the Hawks did win two more games than they did last year. But again, they played 10 less, and they won two more games. 524 winning percentage last year versus a 569 winning percentage this year. To put that in perspective within the Eastern Conference, so Philadelphia, if we go year-over-year year win totals, Philadelphia won two more games themselves. Um, Brooklyn lost four games more than they did the previous year. But again, Kyrie didn't play at home. They didn't have Ben Simmons once they traded for him. Durant missed time. They had a lot of reasons why that happened as well. But if you look at some of the other teams, Milwaukee won five more games year over year. The Miami Heat won 13 games, 13 games year over year. The Celtics won 15 games year over year. The Raptors won 21 games year over year. The Bulls won 15 games year over year. And the Cavs won 22 games year over year. They literally doubled their win total from the previous year. Now, my problem with Nate McMillan has been so often how we hear about defense and this, that, and the other. And you'd have all of the players from the Hawks. You got Trey Young. You got John Collins. You got Clint Capella, Gallinari, Bogey. They go into these press conferences, and they're like, well, why don't you guys play better defense? Well, you know, it's effort and this and that and things like that. Okay, doesn't the coach control the minutes? If, if what you're telling me is that defense is about effort or hustle or want to or will or whatever terminology that you want to use attached to it, isn't Nate McMillan the guy that controls the minutes for everybody? I don't know how good of a job Nate McMillan did. I'm not convinced that he's an upper-tier coach in the NBA. You know, even with the 27-11 and 11 record, I think they were also so ready to get past Lloyd Pierce that anything – that a coaching change would have been made right before the all-star break last year would have been a breath of fresh air to this team. But are the Hawks more the 27 and 11 in the Eastern conference finals that we saw last year, or are the Hawks more the 43 and 39 up down sideways, this set and the other, and now stuck in a play in. I think the truth lies somewhere in between about what Nate McMillan is as a head coach for this team. Do I think that they are one of the best teams in the NBA and, and, you know, they they play like that night in and out. No, 
No, I do think the Hawks are very talented, and that's why they ran everybody back, right? They didn't go out and they didn't make any big changes. Now, I think it's going to be different this offseason, but they didn't go out and make any changes. And you heard the general manager say over the course of the year that, well, gosh, you know, maybe it wasn't the right decision to run everybody back. Maybe we should have made some changes, this, that, in the other. But I do think that Nate McMillan hasn't done a great job at times with managing the way that his roster has been. Now, I can't fault him when it's COVID and some of those types of things, but when it comes to defense, and they're still one of the worst defensive teams, and, and what's funny is when we talk about Trey Young being an all-NBA player, and I've asked a bunch of people. I've had national people on my show. I've had local people on my show. Where's Trey Young fit on the all-NBA team? And most guys are... He's going to be probably third team to maybe not even making it. Now, think about this. The guy who's only the second player in the history of the NBA to lead the NBA in points scored in steals. Tiny Archibald is the only other guy that's done that. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? The only other guy to ever do that. And Trey, by the way, played the eighth most minutes in the NBA. So unlike Steph, who only played 64 games, Unlike Luca, who played 64 games, and unlike, you know, Luca, who had 17 technicals and got one taken away and should be suspended and all that kind of stuff, Trey has played the eighth most minutes, played in almost all of the games, except for a few games that he missed because of COVID, and still may not be first team or second team NBA, all because they talk about the defense. Now, how does that fall on Trey Young? I don't know, but the idea that Nate McMillan can't get the right combination of guys or can't motivate these guys, that bothers me. That frustrates me as a Hawks fan to hear guys come up on stage saying, well, it's one, two, and will, and this and that. Okay, maybe Nate can't control that, their emotional side, but he can certainly control minutes. He can certainly put guys on the floor that if you want to play, go out there and give me the effort. If you don't, then I'm going to sit you for all of it. I know that's not easy in the NBA, but sometimes that's what you have to do. Now, we'll talk more about this when we get back, and we're going to talk about potential consequences for what the Hawks do or do not do in these play-in, playoffs, whatever you want to call all of this. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back at on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta, reminding you, you can follow me on Twitter at JMCH316. Of course, we ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Review the show. Give us some likes. Give us some thoughts. Give us some feedback about what we're doing Tell us uh, what's going on with this program. want to tell you about my friends before we get back into the Hawks discussion. Talk to you about Rock Auto, rockauto.com. And listen, we know in today's ever-increasing world of all the different makes, models, all the different things going on with cars, it's pretty much impossible for your local box store to be able to stock all the different types of parts that you need, right? And then you feel kind of like a, you know, a schmo going in and asking all these different questions. And you got to figure out, is this an LX, an EX, an FX, an M? a DX, I mean, whatever all of this kind of stuff is. And then they're going on their computer behind the counter and they're pretty much just choosing whatever brand that they happen to carry out there. That's not always the most efficient way to do all of that. So listen, you go to rockauto.com, you're going to save time, you're going to save money. Whereas you're paying 30, 50, or even 100% more from part stores, the box stores that you're going to, here's a chance to save yourself some money. So it's a family business. They've been doing this for over 20 years now. It's reliably low prices for every customer that's out there. And they've got everything that you need in all sorts of makes, models, brands. You need brakes. You need tail lamps. You need motor oil. You need carpet 
for your vehicle. They've got all of those things available to you at rockauto.com. So go use the website and play around with it today, rockauto.com. And here's what I want you to do. When you go on the website and you find something that you like, they're going to ask you in a box. It says, how did you hear about us? Okay. So when you go to rockauto.com in the box where it says, how did you hear about us? I want you to type in locked on L O C K E D O N locked on so that they know that we sent you over there. So rockauto.com has got amazing selection, low prices, all the parts that you're ever going to need. It's rockauto.com. All right. As we continue to talk here about the Hawks and, you know, potential, fallout from what may or may not happen. This is what I've consistently believed is that if the Hawks somehow don't get out of the play in round and get into a regular playoff scenario, obviously they'll play the Miami heat. If they get out of the play in round and get into a seven game series, if they don't get out of the play in round though, I do think that Tony wrestler, the owner of the Hawks will make some, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if knee jerk reaction or if a, you know, over the top, you know, just reaction of the season. I, I think that he's going to do something. And, and I think it's going to affect either Travis Schlenk, the general manager, or it's going to affect Nate McMillan. Yeah, I know they just signed Nate McMillan to four year extension and all that kind of stuff. But hell, the Hawks are going to get the luxury tax and everything else. I promise you, if Tony Wrestler is not happy, he'll fork over whatever cash he has to do to move on and get the best guy that's in here. I think if the Hawks get themselves into one of the seven-game series and all that, I think everybody is good to go and they'll make their moves in the offseason. And we'll address that as the you know once the Hawks get done with this year. We'll talk about where the Hawks have to go and things like that. Do I think Nate McMillan is on the hot seat going into next year? Like I said, I think it depends on if the Hawks stumble their way out of this playing round. Because let's be honest, and I and and there are built-in excuses, right? We had COVID. We had all these guys that we had to play. We lost John Collins for a big stretch, this, that, and the other, all right? But that doesn't change some of the basic things about you've not been a very good defensive team. Trey Young has been better this year, but what guys have been better? How much has DeAndre Hunter gotten better this year? You know, at times he looks like he's going to be a terrific young player. At times he looks like he's lost. Times he can't stop anybody, times he can't shoot. The other guy that they were counting on, quote unquote, counting on, I say, but was Cam Reddish, right? Yeah, oh, you know, he got the playoff, all this stuff that I heard about Cam Reddish. And then he's traded. <laughs> he's out of here, off to New York. Hasta lasagna, don't get any on you, right? And he did nothing up there, but he did nothing here as well. You know, his two big 30 point plus games, they lost both of those games. So when he went off and scored all these points and everything like that, they didn't win a single one of those games, they, either of those games that he had. So he didn't develop. DeAndre Hunter hasn't developed. How much has Kevin Herter gotten better this year? Is Bogey or Gallinari better? Was John Collins better? I think John Collins played at times much better, but there were also big moments for this team that he didn't show up, that that he was a non-factor. I remember the one Toronto game, whatever, that they played on the road where Trey wasn't in and he was just a non-factor. Now, there were times when he had a chance to step it up or times when they needed him to be that 28.14 board kind of night guy where they needed that performance from him and didn't get it. And there were times when he played fantastic. I'm not going to take anything away from, from John Collins, but obviously with him being hurt, the way we measure his season, and again, this is a guy that they put a lot of money into to be their quote-unquote, you know, arguably their second player out of all of this, but it just didn't materialize. So you didn't really see guys get better. I mean, I think Trey is a better player now, 
Um, and he's asked to do everything, you know, I mean, he's, he's arguably had as, as good a season, but look at, I'll give you a perfect example. Look at Giannis this year. Okay. For a guy who's been a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year and an NBA champion, you know, as his team kind of faltered and fluttered and kind of midland and all that kind of stuff, he turned it on and they won a whole bunch of games and they're now second in the Eastern Conference. And you can make a case that he has played better this year than either of his MVP seasons. For a guy that's been first-team All-NBA, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, all those things. Now, I understand he's got help, but that doesn't change the fact that he himself has played better and made a big impact on his team. Meanwhile, the Hawks haven't been able to get over that hump. So I do think that some of that, when you talk about player development, your young guys, this, that, and the other, we also know, too, that there's a hesitancy from Nate McMillan to play some of his younger guys. You know, they haven't dipped into the G League to pull up some of their, you know, some of their young guys that are down there and just give them a shot. I mean, if, if again, if you're telling me that there's effort and this and that, well, why not go get some of those guys that are hungry down there in the G League and give them a shot and say, okay, let's see if you guys are hungry. Let's see if you guys want it. Let's see if you guys want to play out there, especially like on a Tuesday night in Detroit, instead of coming out after a loss like that and telling me, well, you know, we just, we didn't have the effort uh, tonight. And, you know, we just got to, we got to be better prepared mentally and all that. I don't want to hear that stuff for a team that's supposed to be one of the best in the NBA. And then when your star player comes out at the beginning of the season and says, you know, well, you know, we're just not as excited about the regular season. We'll get the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, now all of that stuff is here. So all of this other stuff about, you know, we didn't want to play in the regular season. We didn't have effort. We didn't have this. We weren't mentally into it and all this kind of stuff. Okay. That's all past you now. Now, now is when Nate McMillan and the Hawks have to show who they really are. And look, a thousand percent believe that they're going to beat Charlotte coming up tomorrow night. They're at home. They've been playing well. I know Charlotte's, you know, split with them and they held trade. They, okay. I got all that. Okay. But this is supposed to be different, right? This is what we were sold on. Of now it's going to be different, right? So now is when the Hawks play better. When Nate McMillan coaches better, when Trey young keeps elevating his team, I most likely believe that John Collins will not be a part of all of this. I don't think he's going to play in either play-in round, and who knows if he'll even play in the first round. But certainly, we're not going to see him most likely tomorrow night. Um, you know, I know Chris Kirshner locally watched him warm up against Houston in their final regular season game and said he could, you know, wasn't making shots and had that splint on his hand and just you know, on his finger and all that, and just couldn't do a whole lot. So I don't expect to see John Collins. But at the same time, they've played since before the All Star break without John Collins. Right. I mean, you've had plenty of time to figure out your rotations and all this kind of stuff and figure some things out. So this is this is where you're at, but this is where you wanted to be. Right. I'm not saying that they wanted to specifically be in a playing round, you know, trying to win two games. I'm talking about now we're in the postseason and now this is where you guys are supposed to shine. And I'm going to be curious to see what Nate McMillan does, because. Like I said, I, I think it's been a mixed bag. Yeah, the East has definitely gotten better, but weren't the Hawks supposed to also be better? Weren't they Weren't they supposed to be better? When you talk about they were two wins better year over year with 10 additional games, you know, when I'm talking about the Cavs and the Bulls and the Raptors and the Celtics and the Heat, 13, 15, 21, 15, 22, all those kinds of things, 
I thought we'd be better out there. And I think Nate McMillan has to help get this team to step up as we get ready for the play-in rounds. All right, when uh, we get back, uh, some early Braves thoughts. Uh, it was not a good night at the ballpark last night as the Braves got blown out in their first game against the Washington Nationals. Sort of just a thought about or two about where we stand right now. It is John Chuckery. It's hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back at on hitting hard with John Chuckery here. We're going to talk some Braves in just a minute here, but want to tell you first about our folks over at betonline.net, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. So you're looking for all the latest information, sports developments, league reviews, news, notes, all kinds of stuff, thoughts about the basketball playoffs, start of the Major League Baseball season. You can find it all at betonline.net. It is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, more, all kinds of stuff. They got Vegas casino games, everything available to you. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action and what's going on. It's bet online, bet online, excuse me, dot net where the game starts. All right. Uh, some early thoughts about the Atlanta Braves here, five games in and, um, you know, two and three on the season for the Atlanta Braves split with the Reds got blown out last night by the, the Nationals. I, I did think there's a couple of interesting things. I understand pitching is a fluid situation because of the lack of real length in spring training and this and the other. I want to say, and I may be wrong, but like Ian Anderson threw like six innings in spring training. Okay. So they haven't gotten a lot of good starting pitching thus far. Last night, you know, Noah was not good. Ian Anderson wasn't good. Max Fried was kind of meh. You know, other than Morton, you know, Morton was fantastic and Kyle Wright was fantastic. So two out of the three starts, they got fantastic starting pitching. The other three been, eh, not been all that good. And Anoa was not real good last night. He threw 70 some pitches in three innings last night. That's not good for your starter. So I, I, I sort of get all of that. But the schedule set itself up. Remember, the Braves are the defending World Series champions. Like, I don't want to hear about slow starts and this, that, supposed to be one of the best teams in baseball, right? And, and you're playing a... A team in the Reds that's not all that good. I know they were above 500 last year, but Castellanos is not there. He was their best player. Um, he had a monster year last year. He's not there. The Nationals were 30 games under 500 last year, and he got blown out last night. I'm not concerned about the Braves, but there are things that are frustrating. One is they're a minus 13 in run differential on the season. Now, I think we you look at that lineup, we all expected that, hey, they're going to put up runs and they're going to do this, this, that, and the other. Right now, they've struck out more than any team in Major League Baseball. Um, only eight teams have less homers than the Braves. They have the fifth lowest batting average. They average 3.4 runs per game, where the league average is 4.18 runs per game. And you're headed out after you get done with this National Series. You're on the road. You're going to head to the West Coast. You're going to play the San Diego Padres, who are 4-1. and one. And you're going to face Snell and Darvish and all those guys. And then you got the Dodgers for three. You're going to head out there and you're going to see Kershaw, Bueller, and all those guys out there. And again, I'm not panicked. The Braves, you know, were not a 500 team until late in the year, August or whatever, and went on to win the World Series. But it is a little bit frustrating, these kinds of slow starts out there. You know, okay, you want to tell me that your pitching isn't, you know, figured out or whatever like that. Where's your offense at? <laughs> Where's your offense? And Olsen's been really good. Um, you know, Riley had a really good first opening night. And he hadn't done a whole lot, you know, since. Three more strikeouts last night. Dansby opening day, four strikeouts. I mean, took the took the sombrero, you know, the, the golden sombrero on, on opening day. 
that part to me has been a little bit frustrating that I think we thought night in, night out with the depth of this lineup that you're going to have two or three guys that click in your lineup. Maybe it's not all nine guys, but maybe two or three guys bunched up together are going to click and get some things done. Now, again, I understand. Oh, why are you worried about all that? Because I just want to see the Braves win. You know, they're the defending World Series champion. Don't we? Doesn't anybody expect a little bit more than a two and three start against two not good baseball teams? I mean, shouldn't they be a little bit better? And again, I understand. You could tell me about starting pitching, but why are those? Why is their starting pitching for the other side? Like the Cincinnati Reds, who they got? They ain't got Tom Seaver out there. I know that. And the Nationals last night, they didn't throw Max Scherzer because he ain't there anymore. They brought up a guy last night to pitch against the Braves that was a minor leaguer that they just brought up because Anibal Sanchez was hurt, and he's some jabron that they got from the Baltimore Orioles, who are the worst organization in Major League Baseball. He comes in, and after Ozuna gets a hit in the first, they have another hit until, like, the ninth inning last night. Come on. Like, you know, like, shouldn't it be a little bit better? Shouldn't they be, you know, I, I've said, I think they're going to score more runs than anybody, you know, in Major League Baseball. I think they're, well, I, I think they're going to break the team record. Let me put it that way. Excuse me. Let me let me reset and all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to break the team record of 907 runs at the 2003 group had. I just thought that they would consistently be a team that they could slug their way through some of these early season, you know, early pitching problems in the season. Do they need Max Friedman in there? Yes, yes, we understand, okay? But I'll even give those guys a pass for not getting as much time, you know, in spring training, not getting to throw a whole bunch of innings and stuff like that. I'll give those guys a pass. But I need the offense to get itself going and get itself cranked up, and I think that's the frustrating thing. You know, yes, the home runs will come. Yes, things will come along. But these games all count, you know, that's that's the thing. I, I don't look at the standings until Memorial Day. Well, then you're a buffoon. I mean, sorry, I don't know how else to tell you. Because all the you don't get more wins after Memorial Day than you do before. Like they don't they don't move it up where like, okay, anything before Memorial Day is only worth 1.0 wins on a day. And then after Memorial Day, you get 1.2 wins for everyone. No, it doesn't work like that. If you win a game in April, it, it counts the same as winning a game in September. It's just a matter of whether or not you have to scramble and catch up and things like that. So, look, the Braves are still the best team in the National League. They're the best team in the division. Everything will start to catch itself up. But these slow starts just get kind of frustrating after a while. You know, and Matt Olson's been fantastic. He's And, and I, I, I believe even more as I watch him, when they get Ronnie back, it will be Ronnie 1 and Olson 2. I don't think they're going to slide Olson down. I think... Snicker loves his high on base percentage guys at the top of his order. And when you look at the way Ronnie's on base percentage has transformed from his first couple of years in the big leagues in the three sixties to these last couple of years where three ninety four four Oh six, a couple of years ago in the, in the pandemic year, you know, his philosophy at the top of the order has definitely changed. And he's now an on base guy. He hits a bunch of homers, but he's also a guy who gets on base a lot. And Snicker loves those guys. And Snicker also, looks at a guy like Matt Olson and says, yeah, he's a high on base percentage guy. I've got a lot of run producers. I've got Ozzy in the five spot. I've got Ozuna. I've got Riley. And by the way, I do like Ozzy in this role. I've, I've gone back and forth for years about, okay, should Ozzy be first, second in the order? You know, should he be middle of the order? Where should Ozzy fit in? 
I like this role for Ozzy. I like him in that five spot where he is a run producer. I like his run producing capabilities, and I think that's the better fit for all of that. So I think where he hits fifth in the order, what have you, I think that's a really good spot for Ozzy because he's got the power. He's not a great on-base percentage guy. He's got a lot of speed. You like to take advantage of that at the top of the order, but his ability to drive in runs and his ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark, I think are more valuable in that five spot. So with that, you know, because I do think they're going to mix and match once Ronnie gets back, you're going to see mixtures of Duvall and Rosario and, and uh, Ozuna and this, that, and the other. And Ozuna probably goes back to more of a full-time DH role, but you know, Arcia and Dickerson and guys like that, they're going to rotate some of those outfielders around. They're going to rotate those guys, I think, in and out. And they're going to match up lefty righty the way Snicker likes to do it. But I do think that you're going to see Ronnie and Matt Olson hitting back to back at the top of the order. I'm not opposed to that, but certainly you're talking about taking a big RBI run producing guy and hitting him in a non-traditional RBI role, right? And he'll get his opportunities because Ronnie will be on base in front of him, but it is a non-traditional type of role for where Olsen is going to hit, hitting second instead of hitting third or fourth in a lineup where he can use his bombs away power and drive in a whole bunch of runs. But again, the Braves have a bunch of those guys. They have Riley and Azuna and Ozzy and guys like that, Darno, that can knock the ball around and drive in a lot of runs. So it's a little bit frustrating to see this lack of offense Early on in the year, I thought they'd slug their way through some of this stuff. We got a long way to go. Braves are still the best team out there, but it's still a bit frustrating at night uh, watching you know some of this stuff going on. All right, we want you to subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Sports Atlanta. If you go there on the YouTube page, hit the subscribe button. Doesn't cost you anything. You can be part of our community. Review us, like us, tell us what you think about the show. You know, give us some feedback about all of it. We appreciate all of that from everybody out there. Follow me on Twitter at jmch three one six. And we will be back tomorrow morning with you. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta.